Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. How y'all doing today? Um, we, I want to get into something. You know, I talked, I talked the other day about feeling guilty. Um, or no, maybe I didn't talk about feeling guilty. I talked about going out and buying a boat and buying a truck and all that because I was at that point where I was like, you know what, I need to go ahead and and, and get this Ford F two fifty because I've been wanting one for a long time. And you know, my whole life, I've, I've, you know, I think it's we watch what our parents do, and uh, I watched my dad go without his whole life, and he had a lot of things, but not, you know, he never, he never had like real nice things. He had, he had boats, he had trucks and stuff like that, but it's always shit he had to work on, and. I'm, I'm not like him, but I am like him. Like I, I, I tend to buy nicer things when I buy something cause I don't like working on shit. And, um, but anyway, long story short, I needed a truck. I got rid of my truck a couple years ago and I've been without a truck and I, you know, I got my minivan and I roll around and people got their jokes. Fuck y'all, which are minivan jokes. And then, you know, I got my, uh, I got my forerunner, which is my baby. But I needed a truck because I was going to be getting a boat. I got farm trailers. I got to start pulling all that stuff around. So I was like, all right, let me go get a truck. And I went and I got a Ford F-250 Super Duty. I went out uh, this week about four days ago and I bought it. And I was fine with it. And I was actually excited about it. But the second I started driving it home, I was overwhelmed with guilt. Or I was overcome with guilt, I should say. And I mean, it is a guilty feeling that was so, um, so bad that I didn't feel worthy of having this, this very expensive new truck. I just didn't feel like I deserved it and like I needed it. And I started playing all these things in my mind about, you know, this, this doesn't benefit my family and everybody suffers because of this purchase I made and this and that. And I honestly, I can't tell you why I have that feeling, but anytime I do something for myself, it's the exact same thing to the point where it's so overwhelming. It's hard to find joy in it. Okay. I feel like, and this is just me talking. I feel like I am robbing my family of potential investments when I do stuff like that. Like the only thing I'm really allowed in my, in my heart to spend money on are assets. And I talk about this all the time about assets. I feel like I'm only allowed to buy things that are going to benefit my family and leave them in a wealthier position when I leave this earth. And it started making me think about guilt. And I'm going to read this definition off of Google because I'm not smart enough to give you the definition of Google, but I'm going to read this. And it says this, I Googled, why do I feel guilty for doing things for myself? And this is what I learned. 
We tend to feel guilty about taking care of ourselves because we may not believe that we're worth it or we feel it's wrong to put ourselves first. While it's important to be there for others, it's also vital to make sure that you're considering your emotional and physical state by engaging in self-love. So let's talk about why that's so difficult. And I think part of it is this. I think the difficult part for a lot of first responders is, and I talk about this in my course, Post-Traumatic Purpose, we spend our entire lives, sometimes 30-year careers, taking care of everybody else, taking care of other people without regard for our own safety, okay, without regard for our own health, and that's just on the job. Then what happens is we get a family and we start taking care of families without regard for our own health, without regard for our own safety. We'll do anything to take care of these people. And we're horrible at taking care of ourselves. We spend a career taking care of everybody else and we spend a lifetime of neglecting ourselves. And I think that's what a lot of this stems from. I think a lot of it also stems to um, when, when you're growing up, how if you see your parents constantly doing without never putting themselves first naturally, that becomes a learned behavior. And there also, I think it has a lot to do with, with the guilt and shame that we experience through trauma. And I know I experienced a lot of, of guilt uh, through trauma and shame. I felt ashamed for being alive. I felt guilty for being alive. I remember there was a time where I felt guilty for celebrating holidays when my, when my friends couldn't, could no longer celebrate holidays anymore. There was a time when I felt guilty for having children and uh, because I lost friends that were never able to do those things. And as silly as that sounds, it's a very powerful thing. Now I've done, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've done without my entire life. Cause I haven't look, I've, I have struggled tremendously to find happiness. And what I found is this happiness doesn't come in the form of things. Happiness is a state of mind because here's where I am. I remember many years ago when I started trying to do things for myself, it was actually very awkward for me. And I started, I want to say I started with a bicycle and I started with, um, with a mountain bike and I found this mountain bike as a brand new mountain bike for $2,000. And I thought, all right, I'm gonna buy this bike and I'm going to ride it every day. Granted, I don't live near the fucking mountains, but I did take it when I was on my travels. I'm going to ride it every day. And what I found was this, I rode that bicycle so much that I was bored with it within a month or two months tops. And I didn't even want to mess with it anymore. It's like I was running from something. And then after the bicycle, I went right back to not being happy. So what I did, I found photography. I got into photography. I started taking pictures. I did that for two years and I got very good at it. I bought a lot of equipment. I had thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of cameras and lenses. And I learned everything I could about taking photographs. And I, I did it with, with animals. I hated doing like still shots of just things, but like landscape or, um, portraits. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to catch animals in action. So I would go into the swamps of South Carolina. I would find an alligator eating a snake. I would find an Eagle getting a fresh fish. And do I have world famous photography? No, but I got a lot of cool shit. And what I found with that was I got extremely burned out on that too. And then I would go on to buy guns and shit like that. But what I found was this, I was just spending money and I was trying to buy happiness. Do you know anybody like that? Do you know anybody that just goes out and, 
and I don't, I wouldn't say frivolously because I never spent it irresponsibly. It's not something that I would spend if we didn't have it. And when I say have it, I mean, I've always been in a position. I put myself in a position in a position to be able to pay all of my bills, whatever those bills may be at the time to be able to have a year's worth of those bills to the side. And I've always lived my life that way. So when I go out and buy something, it's not like my children are in jeopardy of not eating a meal. Does that, if that makes sense. So I'm not being, God damn it. I bit my tongue again. Fuck. Mm. No edits. Y'all know how I roll. Son of a bitch. So it's not like I'm being financially irresponsible. But what I do, what does happen is I feel tremendous guilt. I feel like that's money that my family doesn't get anymore. And I don't know how to make sense of that. I do know this. I do know that I'm looking at buying a boat now. And uh, I already already put a deposit on a boat. And I would have bought it the other day, but I got to go out of town. And they couldn't take me out to test drive the thing. And you can't buy it, obviously, before you you test drive it. It's called a sea trial. I got to do the sea trial. I was going to do that tomorrow, but I'm on my way to Johnson city, Tennessee this week. So I got to go and knock that out. Um, and where I'm teaching post-traumatic purpose for two days in Johnson city, Tennessee, to the firefighters there. And then when I get back, I'm gonna go pick up the boat, but I already know what's going to happen. I'm really excited about the boat. I'm so excited. And five minutes after I buy it, I'm going to be overcome with guilt. And why is that? Why do we do that to ourselves? I think, I think there's a, there's a ton of reasons. Um, and here's a scary reason that I think I'm still not past all of my shit. You know, as much as I want to be, I still have to work on this stuff daily. I have to work on it constantly. I'm going to tell you something that's real scary. I actually recently last week, I had a, um, I had a visit with, with my psychiatrist and I had to sit down because I've been in therapy for 14 years. All right. And 14 years ago, they wanted me to talk to a psychiatrist for get a formal diagnosis. I did all of that, but I quit seeing that psychiatrist because I found a therapist that worked great with me. Well, recently I've reconnected with the, uh, the new psychiatrist in the office where I go to therapy and I learned some scary shit about myself. I learned that I'm still very, very high on the PTSD charts as much as I like to think that I'm coming down the PTSD mountain. The, 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 the truth of the matter is I'm still very high on it. Okay. What I've learned over the years is how to gain my footing on the mountain. And I've learned how to use my, my ropes and I've learned how to use my devices to keep me secure on the mountain. They keep me from falling off of that mountain. Now I'm still working my way down it. And I don't know if I'll ever be all the way back to base camp to where it's nice and level and posh, but I'm working on it. Something else I learned about too, my hypervigilance and anxiety levels are off the fucking charts to the point where it has caused massive insomnia. I don't have the clinical diagnosis for this, but I'll just, this is me. I'll, I'll tell you in white trash Indian terms. Okay. I have insomnia really badly to the point where I sleep about an hour to an hour and a half, two hours tops at a time. And I wake up and it's not like I wake up, sit up in the bed and chewing my fucking fingernails. I wake up, I roll over, I lay there for a second and I go back to sleep, but it's very, very broken sleep. How can you take care of yourself when you have constant broken sleep patterns? There's a reason why energy levels plummet 
as we get older. There's a reason why when people that have these things, sometimes they're dragging ass through the day is because they don't get a lot of sleep. Everything revolves around sleep and diet. So when your diet starts going, your exercise starts going, your sleep starts going, that is a recipe for disaster. Here's the cool part. I'm aware of it. I hated hearing the truth the other day, but I'm very aware of it. And it's up to me to take the tools that I've been given and and the tools that I've crafted over the course of my life to maintain a healthy balance on that mountain. So the stuff about feeling guilty is what I got to realize is this, and I'm talking about me, and this might relate to a lot of you too. I don't need to feel guilty for doing a fucking thing for myself. Nobody is suffering. I don't, like I said, my kids aren't missing meals. If they need a pair of shoes, they have a pair of shoes. If they need some clothes, they have clothes. They, they are very healthy kids and they're very well taken care of. My family is doing fine. So I don't have anything to feel guilty for. I work very hard. I have worked very hard my entire life. I've never had anything handed to me. Not one time has somebody ever just showed up and said, you know what, Travis, you're deserving of this. Congratulations. Everything I've earned, I've fought tooth and nail for. Everything I've or I've worked for, I've clawed my way into everything that I have. And I need to understand that. And I'm just I'm just verbalizing it here. And this isn't, I'm not trying to drive a point home today. What I'm doing, I'm hearing myself speak today. And I think that's therapeutic in its own way. Because I remember when I wrote my book, Create Your Own Light. When I was, I was writing it, I was learning so much about myself that it was ridiculous. And sometimes I guess we got to sit down and look at everything that we have. And, you know, I want to, I want to just count my blessings. How many times do you ever just count your blessings, right? Do you ever just sit down and say, wow, I'm a very fortunate person. I'm extremely fortunate. And I can't count my blessings because there's too fucking many to count. I can sit here and tell you about all the things I don't have. I can sit here and tell you about the things I would like to have. But how many times do you ever just sit down and look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? Look at what I do have. And my health is at the top of that. My family's health is at the top of that. I got nothing to feel guilty about, nothing to complain about, but yet we still do it. And it goes back to that, that chaos, um, calm is chaos. Chaos is calm for first responders, right? I think we have to start making ourselves feel bad so there, so that we can feel that juice in our, in our blood. So we can feel that little bit of fight. And it's like, all right, I feel guilty for doing this. So if I'm, if I spent this much money on myself today, that means I got to go make that much more just to make it right for my family. And I've always been a back against the wall kind of guy. When I pin my back against the wall, watch the fuck out because the things that I can do when my back's against the wall, it's like, it's, it's super fucking human shit. I've experienced it time and time again. When I'm comfortable, I'm lazy, but when I'm uncomfortable, I'm fucking dangerous. And I think that's human nature. I think that's how we get. So I don't know how to overcome guilt. You know, I got a note here. It says, when do I deserve nice things? Question mark. And it says, I look around and I have nice things, but that comes with a price. 
a price you cannot see on a sticker, an internal price that is so overwhelmingly guilt riddled. And that's true. Like what's, what's the price that you actually pay for something? And some people may go out and you know, their guilty pleasure is spending money on themselves or doing whatever. And that's fine and good. But I don't think I've ever spent a dollar on myself and not felt horrible about it. And I'm tired of fucking feeling that way. It's ridiculous. I'm a good person. I work hard and I deserve nice things. And you are too. And I think I'm just saying this shit out loud. I'm pretending like I'm not recording a podcast right now. And you, you are the same exact way as me. If, if you're ever in that boat, you deserve nice things. You deserve to enjoy the fruits of your labor. So do it. I have another note that says, what happens when I get tired of the new things? Then this, and I have, this says this too. This isn't new to me. I'll wear something out. I'm not an ease into it kind of guy. I know this about myself. So I make sure when I buy to put myself into a position that I don't fuck myself in the end. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Financially, don't put yourself in a position to where you're going to fail. Always put yourself in a position to where it is a win-win for you. If you buy something, you can easily sell it or you can get out of it without going backwards. Strive to keep going forward. I got I got a kick in the balls the other day. Now, I'm not going to get... This is universe shit. This is universe redirecting you kind of stuff, okay? Sometimes things are outside of our control. And... Something hit me the other day without getting too into it that I had no control over this happening. None. So when I went out and bought my truck, I got home. I was already feeling pretty bad about going and buying it anyway. And, but I know I'm, I'm in a good spot. So when I bought a truck, I get home, there's a, a, an envelope on the counter waiting for me. Now this envelope apparently was there for a couple of days. I didn't see it. Well, when I saw it, I opened it. And when I opened this envelope, what I got was this. And I'm going to tell you what it was about. But I now have a new $1,100 a month bill in the mail that came from out of nowhere. All right. There was, I can't, I don't want to get into this, but there was no planning for it. This was, um, this was for, all right. I'll just say this. This was for an investment property that I own. Okay. And it was, uh, there was a, t- a major tax increase on that property. I'm talking unprecedented tax increase on this property that has never seen a tax increase like this since the inception of the area that this property is in. Okay. <laughs> the fucking taxes went up 33% on that property. So now you have an $1,100 a month bill that's escrowed to the mortgage on that property. And there is no way around it. There's just nothing you can do. And had I seen that bill prior to, I probably wouldn't have bought that truck. But so what I'm getting at is I I saw that bill. I collapsed in my chair. I just sat there and I go, you got to be fucking kidding me. And that was like the guilt started setting in. And I'm like, this is why I don't do nice shit for myself because I'm always trying to put myself in a position to take care of my other shit. And then I felt like in that instance, I felt like, man, I just fucked my family because how do you, I don't believe in car payments. All right. I'll, let's just say it like that. 
I don't do car payments. So when 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 I own vehicles, I buy them. I don't I don't like giving interest to anybody. I don't like making other people rich. I don't like um, some banker on the other end getting two three hundred dollars a month off of the interest on something that I work really hard to pay for. So I try to buy those cash. Okay. So when you do that, you think, all right, I just eliminated a massive car payment, all right, that we would have had. And then all of a sudden you open your fucking mail and bam, you get slapped into teeth again. All right. Here's what I'm getting back to. You take that, you take that and you open that envelope. Now you got an $1,100 a month bill sitting there in the face looking, what are you going to do? And the question is this, or the answer is this, I'm not going to do shit. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to take care of business and I'm going to stay on top of my shit. And I'm going to take care of my family and I'm going to do everything I always did. My back's going to put my back against the wall. Let's roll, motherfucker. But that is what I'm talking about with the guilt. It's when does it stop? The hits are always going to keep coming. These hits, like everybody, I love when I hear people say they're like, man, I'm going to get out of debt. Everything's going to be great. No, it's not. I'm going to tell you right now, you may get out of debt. But you're always, always, there's always going to be something coming your way. And you better set yourself up for when that happens that you can be in front of it and not be behind it. Because it takes one fucking car breakdown when people get out of, I've seen this happen. People that get out of debt, they blow a fucking motor in their car and guess what they got now? They spent all their money paying their bills off and now they're trying to rebuild those bills again. I'm turning into a fucking Dave Ramsey Jr. podcast here. Um, This white trash investments. (laughs) white trash Indian tribe investments. Listen, but what I'm saying is this, you get all your debts paid. Okay. Your car breaks down. You don't have enough money to repair it. So what do you do? You go out and finance a new car and bam, just like that. You're in a six, $700 a month situation and your other car gets old. If you're a married couple, same thing, boom. And it, and it starts over again. I do think having some form of debt is, um, it's like it keeps you in a safe spot from from getting um, getting too loose because there's a lot of people, man. They don't have the discipline to be completely debt free, have a ton of money coming in, and not go out and create new debt. If that makes sense, I'm not saying don't do it. God damn it, I'm getting off track. Listen, I get I get passionate about finances, man. It's like I, I, apparently I, I don't, obviously I don't know everything about it, but listen. Finances can add an overwhelming amount of stress into a marriage relationship. And even if you are a single person, it'll wear you to fuck out. And I try to practice life differently. Now I try to find the things that are going to cause me the least amount of stress and work as diligently as I can on those situations to try to eliminate as much stress as possible. The problem is, there's always going to be financial stress coming down the pipe. Unless you're just one of those people making umpteen million dollars a year and you're only spending a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're probably never going to have financial problems or financial stress. But I know a lot of people that don't, they lack the discipline to dude. I'm, I'm one of them too. Like I, there's, I've, I've been very close to debt free and (laughs) I'm like, well, shit, I got all this extra money coming in. Let me go do something with it. And you find stuff to spend it on. But what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to pile it up for the rest of your life. They say you can't take it with you. But anyhow, like I say, I'm getting off track. But 
I just like seeing people make smart decisions. I hate when I see these these folks. They live in they got credit card debt up to the eyeballs. They end up refinancing their home, rolling their credit card debt. They consolidate all their loans into some refi, and then they're like, oh, "Okay, now we now we just have a home mortgage." And it's like, "No, you're paying for all that shit." But what it does, it allows them an opportunity to go open up more credit card debt. I've seen this with multiple people that I know, and they'll end up getting more credit card debt. They can't refinance their house again, and then they get stretched to the max, and the stress comes in. Kids pay for that. Hopefully, you're not in a, in a mental wellness situation where your mental health is failing you too, uh, and then you got to add all that shit on top of it. So, just be just be mindful. Um, I got way off topic, but I'm not going back. I'm only going forward. I did something huge yesterday. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I I let my children go to the beach of all places with another mother and her two daughters. And I actually didn't even hesitate when she asked if our daughters could go. I go, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and take them. Then just keep an eye on them. And I looked at my girls and I said, girls, don't go over your waist. And you keep Miss So-and-so in your sights. And if she has any problems with you, she's going to pick up her phone and call me. And I'm going to wear you to fuck out. And that was it. So, and you know what happened? Here's what happened. They had an amazing time. Holy shit. They had a great day. They had an amazing experience. I hate the beach personally. I grew up on the beach. I live a mile from the beach. I never go to it because I don't like sitting in a hot sandbox all day. You know, I want to, I'd rather be out on my farm, like under a shade tree with the wind blowing, looking at horses and shit. I I don't want to sit in the damn sand, but anyway, they went and they had an amazing time. The old me would have never allowed that to happen in a million years. Absolutely not. There's no possible way. But at some point, we got to relinquish control. We have to realize that we cannot control the universe. The universe is 100% in control, and we got to roll with it. And we got to roll with the punches that are coming with it. I didn't spend, they were out there for like four or five hours. I didn't spend a lick of that four or five hours worrying. I removed it. I said, you know what? I got to let things be and trust that I've raised my girls to know, to listen I've, I've taught them all the things that I can teach them about these environments. You know, it's not like I've never taken them to the beach. Um, and I have to trust that. And at some point, you know, I'm going to have to let them go later in life, like on their own too. So now I start practicing, but it actually felt good to let some of that control go and some of that anxiety. And, And part of that was a test because last week when I found out those results from that doctor, I was like, man. I'm still anxious as fuck. I still have all this hypervigilance and I'm still always planning for the worst. And so I said, you know what? I got to stop this shit. I got to really take my foot off of the throttle with this and start putting it on the brake a little bit and slowing myself down and realizing that, man, it's going to be all right. Y'all, I'm going to tell you all right now, I'm getting my ass kicked with second grade math. I'm not. I'm not too big to to tell y'all. Look, I, I'm far from a very smart dude. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm street savvy and I got some common sense, but apparently I didn't learn shit in school when it came to when it comes to math or English or any of that stuff. <laughs> All I wanted to do is know how to be a marine and get out of there and go on with my life. 
I was sitting down with my daughter yesterday and she's throwing down this math homework and I'm looking and I'm like, wait, I don't, why are you doing that with these fractions? You can't. And she's like, daddy, no, yeah, you can't do this. And the bottom number stays the same. I was like, holy shit, I'm dumb. Good thing we have YouTube, right? Um, all I know is that math is going to get harder and I don't know if I can let her in on a secret that I don't know it. So I think I'm just going to have to like check it. And say, yeah, yeah, that looks good. Um, and then when she goes to school, she's going to find out she was wrong on all of it. And she's like, well, my dad checked it. And I don't know how I'm going to avoid that hurdle, but I'm, I'm worried about it. I got, I'm telling you all right now, I got my ass kicked this morning on, on a math problem that second graders can obviously do. And I, I, I got some questions for myself. I'm just like, well, I was always at that kid. I'm like, I was that smart ass. I'm like, when are we going to need this? And apparently you're going to need it when you have fucking kids. That's because I've never used fractions in my entire life after high school. Um, other than reading a measuring tape or a measuring cup, baking some damn cookies. You know, that's it. Um, when I was flipping houses and, and, and making a bunch of money, I didn't, I didn't come in and say, Hey, well, I need eight tenths of a goddamn, um, loan and shit. You know, you know, like you don't do that and you don't have to sit down and figure that shit out. Anyway, I'm not a, I'm not an accountant, but apparently I didn't apply myself in school and now I'm paying for it. So how about you all? Are you good at helping your kids with your homework? I met, uh, I met some soft ass boys today. I ain't gonna lie. I don't know what the hell's going on with boys in this world now. I don't, <laughs> it's scary. I met, I met two boys today. They couldn't even look me in the eye. I shook their hands. They were probably 13 and 15, right around that, right around that age somewhere. And I introduced myself. They had the softest handshake. And guess what they had in their other phone, their other hand, their telephone, looking at their phone, not looking me in the eye, not shaking my hand. And I'm just like, where the fuck are the men going to be? Like, we got to do a better job as men, like raising some men around here. Cause these boys are soft as rabbit pussy. I'm serious. It's, it's getting bad. It scares me, and that's, I used to tell a joke, I can't even tell this joke anymore, shit, you know, that's how PC things are getting, that's why I'm raising my girls to be tough as shit, they're not going to depend on any man, I don't know if this episode was helpful at all, this was, I think this is going to be, hey look, you know when you watch a TV show and there's a series, like I'm big on Yellowstone, I like Yellowstone, right, but there's out of a, a 10 episode season, there might be three, four episodes that really aren't worth a shit. It's just kind of filler. I think that's what happened here. Um, just going to be, be be honest with you. I want you to work on this. I want you to think if if you're guilty for if you ever feel guilty for doing things for yourself, try try not to, and try to understand this. If your family's suffering, and remember the episode where I was talking about. Well, I don't know if I said his name. The guy that worked for my dad growing up. He lived in a trailer. He got a $5,000 refund. And, and instead of giving his family an air conditioning in his trailer, he put fucking hydraulics on his car and got a new paint job and a stereo. That guy should feel like an asshole. All right. That guy should feel guilty for those expenses. But if your family's doing good, everybody's fine and you're not going backwards, you're still moving forwards and you go out and you do something for yourself. Try not to feel guilty. I don't know each of you's um, individual situation. Y'all, y'all, y'all do know my situation to an extent. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of different reasons where the guilt comes into the the guilt factor. I'm no therapist, so I don't really understand it all, but I, I do understand a little bit of it. 
And I'm gonna work on that too. I'm gonna work on, you know what? I work hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil myself a little bit because everybody else is fine. How about you? Or what else that saying? What say you? I hate that saying. What say you? What are you gonna do? Go take care of yourself. Go do some second grade math. Go brush up on on your third grade reading because that's apparently that's what I need to go do. And uh, I'll be in Johnson City, Tennessee this week. So next week I'll be in um, Apex, North Carolina, and then after that I'm up in Woodbridge, Virginia. All of this is post traumatic purpose course um, work for the first responders and their families. I couldn't be more blessed to be able to do what I do. And that's all because of the support that you all continuously give to me. And I'm forever grateful for that. So thank you so much. Until next time, I love you all. Have a good one.